Hello and welcome to this episode of the ISBA BursaCast. We are recording on the 12th of the 1st and this will be recorded and released on the same day in the afternoon. Now today's episode I'm joined by a member of the advice and guidance team of the ISBA, Mr Rex Sartain. Thanks for joining me Rex. Yeah, thank you very much for having me and uh, Happy New Year. It's the last day that we can say Happy New Year apparently. Well there we are, the 12th, yeah I believe it is. Happy New Year to you as well. Now, there's a couple of things to head over today, and I'm hoping you can help me through them all. The first first note to discuss is the Energy Bill Relief Scheme update. What are the key bits of information people want to be taking away from this? Yeah, good. Uh, The government uh, has announced a new Energy Bills discount uh, scheme, otherwise known as EBDS, from April uh, this year to April next year, for eligible non-domestic consumers in Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Under the new plan, non-domestic energy customers, including businesses, schools and charities, will automatically receive a discount of something like £6.97 a megawatt hour for gas and £19.61 a megawatt for electricity. So eligible customers will have to apply for the higher level of support. Okay, great. And there's a little bit more info uh, from that on the reference library, is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, also in the bulletin and uh, yeah, more detail there. Okay, great. I figure that's probably the same for everything we're about to discuss. So if there's anything you want to dive into a little bit further, then head on to the reference library. But next thing to discuss, which is quite a big topic actually, is the recent cyber attacks on schools and perhaps best practice on how to avoid these, how to bounce back from these. And in other words, prepare yourself for the possible eventuality of a cyber attack in a school. What is the key information people want to be taking away from this topic? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. Uh, really important right now. Lots of schools are being uh, hit or being reported as being uh, hit, and it's not a great thing to happen. But cyber attacks in the education sector have seen a dramatic rise, as I've just said, in recent months, with several high-profile attacks being observed during the Christmas period, and they present a significant threat to students, staff, and uh, institutions. And this is particularly over a time uh, when school bills are going out, uh, etc. Let me just jump in there. What sort of documents are being, for example, taken and and published by these sort of hackers? A a really good example is one school has had an attack via their school bill system and they're able to get parents to direct fees away from the school accounts into other accounts so yeah there are there's some really serious examples of how that's going to happen or has been happening okay sure and i mean the kind of documents the bbc recently covered a a story where 14 schools were hit over the festive period and documents such as passport scans of parents and pupils contracts for staff teaching documents documents on headmaster's pay student bursary fund recipients lots and lots of information being published on the dark web. The solution to this we hear from Solas Cyber is the idea of cyber maturity and making sure that your cyber defence is mature and resilient to these uh, attacks. What are some key tips to stop this happening in future? Yeah, so it is a serious concern and the sort of tips are and include understanding your security posture, 
a cybersecurity risk register that is regularly reviewed, establishing an incident response plan. And that's really important, knowing who to go to to get real and really quick resolution. And of course, you know, the insurance companies are a good example. If you've got the right insurance, they will react really quickly. Other things like adopting a disciplined approach to harvesting uh, unnecessary data, uh, ensuring robust air gap backup with uh, a cloud copy, and most importantly, I think, multi-factor authentication on remote access points. And that's certainly something that the ISBA uh, practice right now, having had uh, a cyber attack exactly this time last year. Sure. Yeah. No, it, everyone is at risk of this. And it's it's a when, not an if, is what the cyber specialists are saying. And so the ability to have resilience and recover from these is really important. Uh, yeah. And I, I think um, uh, one school who ex- experienced a, a serious cyber attack over Christmas told us it's going to take months to rebuild our system. Uh, we've lost our databases and A-level and GCSE coursework we're still unable to send out mass communication to parents. You know, that has that that is an enormous effect for schools. And lessons we've learned uh, that may help other schools, they, they then go on to say, is having the right type of insurance, uh, as we've just discussed, backup servers off-site in the cloud. Um, it sounds obvious, uh, but it wasn't something that they had done capital investment in IT security over time, and specialist support uh, via the insurers has really been invaluable. The only other thing I'm going to add to that is that educational institutions are often seen as not being equipped to deal with things regarding cybersecurity because they're focused on other things. So yeah, the investment in external security is often well worth the outgoing. So the next topic we're going to move on to is hopefully something a little bit jollier. Oh, no, it's not. Teachers' pensions news. Uh, What is the latest on this? Teachers' pensions has published its latest employer bulletin highlighting how to notify them of a change in a member's role uh, for MCR, a transitional protection new resource, and the importance of matching your MCR submission to your payment. Uh, And again, there are more details in the bulletin, uh, should you wish to read them. Brilliant. Thank you very much for that information. And moving on from all these kind of updates through to what is the bulk of what you do with the ISPA, which is the advice and guidance, let's go through some of the top questions for this week. The first of which is, could you give us some advice regarding the renewal frequency needed for school policies? And if some policies can go to SMT only for approval, rather than to both SMT and governors? Yeah, it's a good place to start with this is the ISI's documents required for inspection. And that is a document that sort of sits aside uh, the ISI compliance document. And it lists uh, all those policies that are required for inspection and where governors should be involved. The school can have other school policies, of course, in line with the needs of uh, their own operation. However, these can be reviewed by appropriately qualified members of staff, countersigned after review by the SLT or the head, whatever is basis for your school. Frequency can be amended as required. 
However, an annual read-through by a nominated person is good practice, in my view, and that date should be recorded uh, on the policy or in uh, the schedule of policies. Brilliant. Thank you. Next question is, here we are. I have a parent who is requesting we invoiced their trust fund directly for the pupil's fees. His accountant has advised to avoid tax penalties, the invoice be addressed directly to the fund in the US. Could you advise how we should approach this? Yeah, there are a couple of options uh, available here. Firstly, invoice the trust as requested by the family, but ask all parties to sign to the third party payer letter. An example of that is in the uh, reference sliding. Also, ensure you have a completed due diligence on where the funds are coming from and that you are content, certainly from an anti-money laundering perspective. And the second option is uh, suggesting the parents draw down the funds direct from the trust into their bank account and pay them to you as normal. Invoice address remains uh, as it uh, currently is. But either way, this should achieve the result the parents uh, wish. Remember to confirm to the parents that responsibility for payment remains with them should option one be put into place. Interesting. Okay. And question three is, we have a volunteer who is also an ex-employee who is going to become an employee again in April. It has been more than three months since they were employed by the school. If they have live volunteer checks, please can you advise which checks need to be processed to make them an employee again? They are subscribed to the DBS update service with a teacher DBS check. Yeah, uh, great that they are subscribed to the DBS update service because that makes it uh, much easier. The best guidance is in para 234 of keep the children safe in education although it will depend on which volunteer checks have been carried out and when. I would suggest, particularly as they have the DBS update service, that you carry out all the checks, as in the additional paragraph 235, to ensure you have up-to-date information. And that's the key bit, having up-to-date information and showing due diligence. Okay, brilliant. Thank you so much. And what is ISBA's top tip of the week for this week? Well, you'd never know, but it is uh, fee-paying time. Uh, So the top tip uh, of the week is uh, how to deal with a fees in advance scheme. And you can read all the details uh, that you require for the update on our bulletin or in the reference library. Marvellous. Rex, thank you so much for taking the time to come and chat with us and help us understand a little bit more about the updates that are happening. There's clearly lots to take in. And I guess the key thing at this week is the cybersecurity stuff. So I'll try and get hold of a cybersecurity expert for next week to have a little chat about that. Anything else from you? No, only the final time. Happy New Year. You heard Half it here. As well as the last day to do it. <laughs> Thanks. Chat soon. Bye.
And next up, we have the information about the ISBA Professional Development Programme. And rather than have me tell you about this, we're going to hear it from the lady in charge. So joining me on this episode is Director of Learning and Professional Development, Helen Woods. Thank you for being here, Helen. Thank you, Leo. It's a pleasure. Nice to see you again. Absolutely. What have we got to look forward to and what are the key things bursaries should be aware of going forward? We're very lucky to be supported by a wide range of very experienced speakers who will be covering uh, topics such as pensions, safeguarding, uh, sustainability, special needs and disability discrimination and allergy management. So there are lots of topics that will be covered in our free webinars, which we're running on Tuesdays and Fridays each week. So please do take a look at the ISBA uh, members area of the website to get yourself booked onto our free webinars, which will support you in a wide range of compliance issues. Brilliant. And they're about all about an hour long. Yeah, they're all about an hour and we allow time for a question and answer at the end. So if you have any questions and you'd like to send them in in advance, that's great. Uh, but uh, we do take questions live at the end of the session. OK, brilliant. And what is coming up next with the face-to-face conferences? Yes, Leo. So we have uh, two more face-to-face conferences, starting with our one-day mock tribunal, which is on the 24th of January this month, where we'll be uh, able to actually immerse ourselves as if we are the witnesses as part of uh, a mock employment tribunal. So that will be taking place at BMA House in London. The other one-day conference that we have is our finance conference, which was moved from September. And again, that will cover a wide range of topics, uh, compliance and finance related, that will uh, support our bursars and finance managers and heads of finance as well. So uh, looking forward to seeing a lot of people at both of those events. Absolutely. And the finance conference is the same place, but on the 7th of February, right? That's yes. right. BMA House on the 7th of February. Yeah, lovely. lovely big building, that one. Beautiful, beautiful part of part of London. So alongside all these webinars and conferences, there's also a number of courses that I'm seeing here. What are those about? Yes, so we've uh, developed two uh, safeguarding related courses recently to suit different styles of learning. The first one is our online safer recruitment course, which you can complete in your own time. We estimate it'll take between three to four hours to complete and you can dip in and out whenever suits um, around your workload. We've been really lucky that we've had support from a wide range of experts in the field. So the course includes video clips as well as uh, um, written text. And there is an assessment at the end, which will then give you access to a CPD certificate on completion. So the Safer Recruitment course is available again on the website. Our second offering is an in-depth safeguarding programme of six webinars delivered by Sarah McKim. So we have an expert in the field um, delivering live sessions, which uh, we have a new programme available to book, which starts on the 1st of March. And those webinars run every Wednesday and sometimes Wednesdays and Thursdays. So the the new programme has been released. The first time we ran this before Christmas, it was booked up. So uh, just to let people know there are new dates available now. So having discussed the safer recruitment course that's online, I gather there are two other courses available. What are they? Yes. So the other two courses that we have that you can take in your own time are cybersecurity and logging and recording a major incident. And of course, the first one, cybersecurity, absolutely, I think is is something that uh, most schools need to be keeping an eye on based on the 
ever-increasing numbers of, of reports of cybersecurity breaches affecting schools. So it's just a, it's a nice uh, bite-sized, easy-to-follow, self-paced course that will help make you aware of all the issues that uh, are you know, affecting schools and you know, organisations in general to do with cybersecurity. And more importantly, what you can do to kind of be a bit more savvy and prepared and prevent these attacks happening because they're absolutely devastating. Yeah, absolutely. And is it useful for governors to take these courses as well as bursars? Absolutely. They are relevant for any member of staff. Uh, So yes, absolutely. Okay, brilliant. And then finally, the thing we want to talk about is, of course, the annual conference, which is coming up soon, which is a wonderful couple of days. When is it again? Remind me and just briefly, what can people expect? So absolutely. So all our professional development uh, programme for the year builds up to the annual conference. So this year it's uh, been held from the 23rd to the 25th of May. And the first day on the 23rd will be uh, a half day. So it starts in the afternoon. And I think, as John mentioned in his uh, podcast before Christmas, uh, we are taking a break from our normal programme and uh, going to offer bursars and their support staff uh, the opportunity to kind of take some time out for themselves and think about not just the compliance side which is the rest of the conference but actually their own personal development and we'll be having a masterclass with a very experienced trainer on the very broad subject of highly effective communication but it's all about how to get the best out of your relationships with people and how to increase your impact so uh, yeah really looking forward to that first half day session and the final two days of the conference We'll be covering a wide range of strategic level compliance topics to help bursars and their uh, teams best prepare for all the changes that are affecting them and are likely to affect them in the next couple of years as well. So it's all to help them plan for the future. And we're very, very lucky to be supported by over 40 really experienced uh, speakers. So some some are new, some of we've, we've seen before. So yes, really looking forward to that. Marvellous and a lovely time to spend in in Manchester also. Absolutely. Manchester Central is the venue. So we're returning there this year. Absolutely. Fantastic. Right, Helen, thank you so much for all of your help getting us through this. There's clearly a lot happening and a lot on offer from the RSPA. So thank you for helping us wage through this maze of information. Thank you very much, Leo. Thanks. Pleasure. Chat to you soon. So there we are, the end of another episode. There are all the updates from the past week. If you'd like to find out any more information about anything discussed, please head to the reference library in the members area of the website. We will be back again this time next week. In the meantime, please make sure to subscribe wherever it is you want to listen so you never miss an update and send this to members of your team if you think they'll find it useful. Till next time, farewell. Farewell.